my land and my people, the memoirs of His Holiness the Dalai Lama of Tibet. The Farmer's Son I was born in a small village called Takser in the northeast of Tibet on the fifth day of the fifth month of the Woodhawk year of the Tibetan calendar, that is in 1935. Takser is in the district called Dokam and that name is descriptive for Do means the lower part of the valley that merges into the plains and Kam is the eastern part of Tibet where the distinctive race of Tibetans called Kampa lives. Thus, Dokam is the part of Tibet where our mountains begin to descend to the plains of the east towards China. Takser itself is about 9,000 feet above the sea. It was beautiful country. Our village, which lay on a little plateau, was almost encircled by fertile fields of wheat and barley, and the plateau in turn was surrounded by ranges of hills which were covered by grass, thick and vividly green. To the south of the village there was a mountain which was higher than the rest. Its name was Amichiri, but the local people also called it the mountain which pierces the sky, and it was regarded as the abode of the garden deity of the place. Its lower slopes were covered by forests, above them a rich growth of grass could be seen, higher still the rock was bare, and on the summit was a patch of snow which never melted. On the northern face of the mountain there were junipers and poplars, peaches, plums and walnuts, and many kinds of berries and scented flowers. Clear springs of water fell in cascades and the birds and the wild animals. Deer, wild asses, monkeys and a few leopards, bears and foxes. All wandered unafraid of man, for our people were Buddhists who would never willingly harm a living creature. Amid the splendor of this natural beauty stood the monastery called Karma Sharsong Ridu, which was a famous place in the religious history of Tibet. It was founded by Karma Rube Doji, the fourth reincarnation of Karmapa, who himself was the first incarnation recognized in Tibet. And it was at this monastery that our great reformer Tsongkhapa was initiated as a monk in the 14th century of the Christian era. Lower down was a second monastery called Amdo Chakyung, magnificent against the background of the mountain. The gilded roofs and the emblem called Dharma Chakra, wheel of religion, supported by deer of copper and gold on either side, not only added to the color of the scene, but gave an air of sanctity to the whole of the neighborhood. And this air was enhanced by the prayer flags on the roofs of all the houses in the village. Takser was a farming community and the staple foods of its people were wheat flour and sampa, which is a kind of barley meal and meat and butter. And their drinks were butter tea and a beer called chung, which is made from barley. There are different opinions among Buddhists about eating meat, but it was a necessity for most Tibetans. In most of Tibet, the climate was rigorous and although food was plentiful, it was very limited in variety, so it was impossible to stay healthy without eating meat, 
and the custom had lingered there since before Buddhism was brought to the country. Tibetans would think it a sin to kill any animal for any reason, but they did not think it sinful to go to the market and buy the meat of an animal which was already dead. The butchers who slaughtered the animals were regarded as sinners and outcasts. The surplus barley and wheat at Takse was sold in the nearest towns, Kumbum and Sining, in exchange for tea, sugar, cotton cloth, ornaments and iron utensils. The people's dress were purely Tibetan. The men wore fur caps and high leather boots and the kind of cloak which was seen in different varieties all over Tibet, belted rather below the waist and hanging above it in folds which were convenient as pockets. The women wore long sleeveless woolen dresses with bright blouses of cotton or silk and on every special occasion long ornate headdresses which hung down to their waist at the back. In winter everyone used fur coats and clothes with thick fleecy linings. Like their sisters in any other part of the world, the women of Thakser liked jewels and precious stones, but it was more the pride of the men of the village that the women were excellent cooks. There were many other monasteries and many temples in the neighborhood where anybody could pray and make offerings, whether he were a monk or not. Indeed, the whole life of the place was based on its religion. There was hardly anyone in the whole of Tibet who was not a faithful Buddhist. Even children, so young they could hardly talk, enjoyed paying visits to places where emblems of the three jewels, Buddha, Dharma and Sangha were kept. Children also played at building temples of clay, arranging offerings for them and making gestures of worship which they seemed to know by instinct without being taught. Everybody, rich or poor, except for a few misers, spent all his spare income after buying the physical necessities of life in building religious monuments, contributing to temples, making offerings to the three jewels, giving alms to the poor and saving the lives of animals by buying them from the butchers. Well-to-do householders always had a shrine in their homes where several monks were given food in return for perpetual prayers and sometimes such a person would invite hundreds of monks to recite from holy texts for days at a time and pay and feed them well for doing so. Even the poorest people had a little altar and an image of Lord Buddha in their cottages where butter lamps were always kept lighted. So although the people of Dokham were mostly tall and strong and hardy and brave by nature, those qualities were tempered to gentleness by their faith. Humility and charity, temperance, kindness, affection and consideration for all other beings. These were the virtues encouraged by their beliefs. It was among such amiable people that I was born in a family of pure Tibetan stock. Although my family had settled in Dokham, my forefathers came from central Tibet. How they came to settle in eastern Tibet is a simple story. Hundreds of years ago, in the reign of King Mangsong Mangsen, a Tibetan army was stationed in the northeastern part of Tibet to protect the frontiers. 
In our part of Dokham, a garrison from Pempo in central Tibet was stationed, and family tradition said that my forefathers came with that garrison. In our family dialect, we still used many words from the Pempo district rather than from the east, words like chene for bowl and kempu for spoon. Except for the last two generations, a member of my family had always been the headman of our village. With the title of Chija Nangso, Chija was the name of the place and Nangso means the inner watchman. I have always been glad that I come from a humble family of peasants. I left my village when I was very young, as I shall tell, but years later, when I was on my way back from China, I paid a hurried visit to Taksir and I could not help feeling a sense of pride when I saw my ancestral village and my home. I've always felt that if I had been born in a rich or aristocratic family, I would not have been able to appreciate the feelings and sentiments of the humble classes of Tibetans. But owing to my lowly birth, I can understand them and read their minds and that is why I feel for them so strongly and have tried my best to improve their lot in life. Our family was large, for I have two sisters and four brothers, and we were widely spread out in age. My mother gave birth to 16 children, but nine of them died when they were very young. The whole family was linked together by the strongest bonds of love and kindness. My father himself was a very kind-hearted man. He was rather short-tempered too, but his anger never lasted long. He was not very tall or strong, and he was not highly educated, but he had natural cleverness and intelligence. He was specially fond of horses and used to ride a great deal, and he had a talent of choosing good horses and for healing them when they were sick. My mother is a kind and loving person. She feels for everyone. She will gladly give her own meal to a hungry person and go hungry herself. Yet although she is so gentle, she always ruled the family. She is also adaptable and far-sighted, so that after my installation had opened up new possibilities for us, she made it her special duty to see that her children were properly educated. Our main livelihood was in agriculture, but we also kept cattle and horses and grew vegetables in our garden. Normally we had five workers on our farm and much of the work was done by the family. But during the sowing and harvesting seasons for a few days, we had to hire from 15 to 40 men who were paid in kind. And in our village there existed the custom of helping each other whenever a family stood in need of help or found itself in any difficulty. When my mother went out to work in the fields, while I was a baby, she used to carry me on her back and leave me to sleep in a corner of the field under an umbrella tied to a stake to the ground. Our house was a square building with a courtyard in the middle. It was single-storied, with the lower part built of stone and upper part of earth. The edges of the flat roof were lined with turquoise tiles. The main gate faced the south towards Amichiri, and the top of the gate was decorated with spears and flags, 
in the manner which is traditional in Tibet. Prayer flags fluttered from the top of a tall pole in the middle of the courtyard. At the back of the house was a yard where our horses and mules and cattle were kept, and in the front of the gate a Tibetan mastiff was tied to a post to guard the house against intruders. The cattle were eight cows and seven zomos, which are crosses between yaks and cows. The word yak means only the male animal, like the word bull. The female of the yak is a tree. My mother used to milk the zomos herself, and as soon as I learned to walk, I used to follow her out to the barn with my bowl in the fold of my gown, and she would give me milk warm from the zomo. We had chickens too. I was allowed to go to the hen house to collect the eggs. This must be one of my earliest recollections. I remember climbing into one of the nesting boxes and sitting there clucking like a hen.